Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the number one thing that women say they want in a man is no, not looks, and it's not money. Obviously, those things are great. But the number one thing women say they want in a man is a sense of humor. And guess what? I can help you with that because I teach men how to banter. Yeah, you can actually learn how to banter. So if you're having trouble getting dates or you're always left on red, women don't answer you online, you might have a problem with your banter. But good news for you, learning how to banter, especially with me, is actually really fun. And no one else really teaches you how to banter. So if you actually want women to start responding to you, and not only just responding, but engaging and enjoying and laughing with you, then I think you need to hit me up. That's kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into what makes a relationship work? What does it mean when you have a solid relationship? And how do you have your woman saying that about your relationship? That's the trickiest part. Many men say they have a great relationship, but not so many women say it. So I have Anne McCarthy on the show, and she is going to talk about how she and her husband create a wonderful relationship that they annoy people with all the time when they say it. So keep listening. Hey, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. Again, the best internet podcast you will ever find. Are there podcasts not on the internet? No, but that's okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's your host, Kristen Carney here, of course, with Marnie Kinris. And we have Anne McCarthy on the show today from Twisted History. 
who works for Barstool Sports. And we're going to get into you, your husband, your life in general with love and kind of just have some girl talk, right, Marn? Yeah, we're talking to a girl. That's the thing. We have a lot of experts on recently. We've been talking about mindfulness and like the power of the mind and all of this. Not BS because it's amazing stuff. But (laughs) I want to go back to the core of our show, which was talking to real women about attraction. And Anne is one of the realest women that I've ever met. I actually (laughs) met her... I think right at the beginning of Corona or maybe like a couple of months after uh, things had happened. And someone that I work with who does some advertisements for me had pulled together a group of women. I think I talked about this once on the show. Pulled together a group of women who he thought were going to be inspiring to other women. And I felt honored to be a part of that group, especially when I met the women that were coming into this group to do this. And Anne was one of them. And she just has an amazing backstory about what a kick-ass woman she is. And then I got to know her and she introduced me to her husband and I was on her husband's podcast and her husband was talking about how happy they are. And to be honest... Oh, vomit. Did you throw up? (laughs) It's very rare to hear. And I know that sometimes people say it for show, but you could tell how sincere it was that like there's something really nice about their relationship. So I wanted to have Ayan on because she's an amazing woman. And then in addition to being an amazing woman, she also has a fantastic relationship that I want to hear about so that we can guide men who are listening to this episode about how to have amazing relationships and how to be that amazing husband, which she actually may say something different. You may be like, yeah, he sucks. I don't like him. (laughs) But I'm going to stop talking and let Anne take the floor because she is a wonderful speaker. So Anne, thank you so much for being here and for for coming on talking with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm happy to be able to like speak real because sometimes you don't get that luxury in so many like real life situations because people just shy away from it or they shy away from you when you speak from the hip. People don't like it that much. Yeah, I definitely do. So ask away. I'm an open book. All right. Well, so tell me, is it true? Do you have an amazing (laughs) relationship? I know when you say it, it sounds so gross. Like when you say it like that, it's always like, oh no, but we really do. And I think... Isn't that horrible that you just said that? That it's like, oh, you're one of those. Because I think it's one of those things that people want. And then when they get into relationships, you hear so many times, you're like, oh, I just don't want to go home. or you just want to avoid that person. But what Large and I have is really more like a friendship. Like we really do have a lot of fun together. And I think a lot of that comes from we were individuals before we were a part of something. That's so important. It is important. I think people forget that. And I think it's probably more women that forget that than men. And I happen to have found somebody who really fosters that because I mean, I don't think I would have been one of those women that fell into that anyway, but I also happen to have found someone who really pushes you to be your own because he's very supportive. And I think that's important. I think so many people always want to be either a warden or change somebody, be a teacher, or just always be a do, do, do for somebody else. They don't do for themselves. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that actually looks like? So yes, he's supportive of you. And yes, you have your own separate lives. Both of you seem to support that for each other, but let's go to his side. How does he do that for you? And how did he do that in the beginning of the relationship? Like, did he say, oh, don't come over three days a week. I've got my life. How does that work? So when we met, we met kind of young and he had a girlfriend and I had a boyfriend at the time, but it was like one of those things, like the moment I saw him, I was like, oh, I dig this guy. And we didn't date for about three years. And then 
it was like one of those things where like I literally physically walked into him because I just don't pay attention sometimes. And he was like, oh, you know, oh, we should meet up sometime. If you're ever in Brooklyn, look me up. So I was in Brooklyn two days later. So I looked him up and he was like, kind of like taken a, a little bit of back by that. He didn't like that. I was just so forward, I guess. So we went on a few dates and then I had said something like, oh, let's go. Why don't we go here tomorrow? And he was like, whoa, you're going way too fast. Like, I'm not looking to have a relationship and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of like knocked me up sideways a little bit too, because I was really just looking to go to like whatever it was, like whatever concert it was. I really wasn't looking to dig in and have a deep relationship. I was kind of just being like, hey, this would be fun. Would you like to go? So when he threw me that kind of shade, I was like, oh, wait, maybe he's not the guy that I thought he was. Like, why would you be so critical of me looking to hang out with you? Like, I just, I had lived alone for so long. I always had my own apartment. I was raised by a single dad. So I think that I was very independent to begin with. And he wasn't used to that. When I was just like, oh, I'm cool with that. Like, okay. I just went to the concert anyway. I don't remember if I found somebody, but I probably would have gone alone anyway. Right. Did it turn you off, his response? Like, did... Big time. So that was harsh, right? It was a major turnoff because I'm like, why is he stopping me from being who I am? Like, I didn't like that. I was like okay, so I invited you to go. You could have just said no, like I'm not into it. But instead he was like, oh, you're going too fast. Like the guy's supposed to ask the girl out. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I don't want to rush into things. I'm not looking for a relationship. And like in my head, I was just kind of having fun. Like, oh, we had fun yesterday. You want to do something tomorrow? Like I was going to do this. And he took it like, so like I was looking for like that deep loving relationship and like forever, man, you know, you're forever home. <laughs> it really turned me off because I was like, oh, what? I'm just inviting you. Like, you don't have to go. You could just say that you don't want to go. So then he called me, like, I guess a couple of days later, and I didn't want to answer. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, what is he going to try and change about me today? And he was like, no, I think we should just go sit down and talk somewhere. He's like, I just really am not looking for a relationship. I thought you were kind of moving like a little too fast. So I was like, no, I actually have a date next week. <laughs> right. I wasn't looking for that. We would just happen to have a really good time. And then, he called me up about like two days later and he's like, listen, do me a favor. Don't go on that date and just spend the rest of your life with me. And so now it was like a total mixed message. And I'm like, what? He's like, I didn't see you for what you are. Like, I kind of thought you were pushing me into something. I'm like, well, now you're kind of pushing me into something. <laughs> but he's like, we really did. We had so much fun together. And I said, well, I just don't want to be with someone who's going to change me. I don't want to change you. Please don't change me. And he loved that about me. And I loved that he was on board with that. And ever since then, we've always just kind of had that relationship where if some one of us has more of a passion about something, then the other one kind of defers. Same. And we've done that with everything. So if it's like, I don't know, Chinese food one night and I'm like, I don't feel like it. He's like, no, I've been craving it for so long. Like he kind of wins. We'll have Chinese food that way. It's, and it's the same thing with our kids or anything. Like, well, I, I want to hear in detail, like when, when you say it's more like that with our kids, because these can be a lot of conflicts for couples. So I want I want to hear how that pertains to changing you or at least allowing you to take the lead on something because I, that's where a lot of conflict happens in relationship. Wanting to have an opinion when really your opinion isn't so strong. So can you dig into that a little bit more and why that's so important to you? I think people find hills to die on just because they feel like being the lead voice and they want to get on the soapbox and they enjoy it. But like I enjoy having the relationship work more than that. So like we'll choose which one wins the argument based on who feels stronger. Like if I can see that he feels stronger and like in order to get to the top of the soapbox, I got to stand a little higher or shout a little louder. 
I have to weigh it. Like I have to take a step back and be like, is this like a hill I really want to die on? Or is this kind of like, does he really care about this where I'm just looking to win? So if that's the case, then I, and like, I'll try and recognize that. And same with him. Like I noticed that's something that we've always done. Like whoever feels more strong or whoever, like it really hits home with more. Like we always defer to that one. And I don't feel like I'm being defeated or I don't feel like I'm being taken advantage of because there's so many times that he'll do it for me. So it's definitely a give and take. And I don't know if that comes from being raised by a man where you have that insight because as a kid, I was always told, be like, enough now, knock it off. And there, like it really was just, it just ended like that. And whereas maybe if I had been raised by my mom, I would have been more inclined to harp on something or nag more. I don't know. But I just don't think that I'm wired that way. I'm okay with being wrong. I'm okay with losing this one. I'm okay with winning that one. If I lose four in a row, I'm cool with it. (laughs) Did this just happen naturally? Or was there an established conversation? Like, if you feel stronger about something, then you just take the lead on that one. and Or it just just came together on its own, like magic. I don't remember specifically, but I'm going to go with there was a conversation on it because that seems more level-headed and something that he would do. But it was probably something that had been happening. And he probably verbalized it at some point because he is a very good communicator where I am not. I am definitely not. Well, we think we're doing a good job. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, tell me more about him being a good communicator because that is very important because I think good communication skills, especially when in a relationship, if held by the man, can be the biggest gift to that relationship or the biggest downfall for that relationship. So can you tell me more about him being a good communicator and how that actually looks in your relationship? Sure, I definitely can. So for example, if I'm getting worked up about something, instead of just like yelling and getting angry or... Because he is much bigger than I am. He's legitimately double my size. So he has a much bigger presence physically. And that can be difficult because if you're arguing and someone's just naturally louder than you and they can overpower you, it gets frustrating. So if he sees that happening, like, listen, let's sit down for a second because do we really want to be doing this? What's really the problem? And he'll be one of those people that will bring it full circle. And I will do that too. I will do that too. But I have a more of a flash temper than he does. He's more patient than I am. He'll sit down and be like, what's really the problem? Like, are you really angry about this? Is this really what the problem is? Or is this coming from something that you thought of last week that you haven't mentioned just because you haven't? And it's not because I haven't mentioned it because I'm passive aggressive. It's just that you guys know how it is when you have kids and a life and a job and 70 bills over here that you're kind of pushing off to the side. You do suppress things. And it's not because you're passive aggressive. It's just because you just don't feel like getting to it. Like yeah, you just like, shove it aside. You just shove it aside because it's not that big a deal until it is. Exactly. So he'll mm-hmm. he'll sit me down and be like, is there something that I'm not missing or that you're not telling me or that you told me and I didn't hear? So he always gives me... Those are great questions. Out. Those are great questions for him to ask. So has he always done that in your relationship? He's always done that. He is. He's always been the one to bring you back to like a calm state. We talk to guys all the time about how important it is to remain as unrattled as you can be when a woman is rattled. So when she is emotional or doesn't seem to be calm and logical, if you Mm -hmm. can not take the irrational and put it onto yourself as well and dive in, that can be the most refreshing thing for that woman. And if you can do exactly what your husband just did, which is not only remaining unrattled, but realizing it has nothing to do with him and asking questions, that can actually calm things down for a woman so that you can actually connect on whatever is going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me why that's helpful 
for you? Because in that moment when you are getting a little bit heated, is it about him? Is it him who's causing the issue? Or what is it that you need in that moment? And why does him saying that calm you down? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It probably is because he's taking the time. And I think when I notice that he's taking the time, he's doing it because he could tell that I'm distracted or I'm rattled or I'm not myself. I'm out of sorts, which makes me in turn look at and be like, I'm doing something that's making, if he's sitting down and he's talking to me like this, I'm doing something that's like, that's something irrational for for, your word. Like, then I'd say, well, if he's doing that, he's reacting to something. What is he reacting to? And it's me. So something I'm doing is making him behave this way. So then I know it's me. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I try to see it from an objective point of view. And I'm like, hmm, he's putting a lot of time and effort into making this go away. So obviously I'm either not making sense, I'm acting irrational because if I wasn't, he wouldn't be doing that back and forth with me. So I try to be as objective about myself as I can be because I know I'm pain in the ass. I know I'm not perfect. Yes, you are. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. But okay, so let me ask you another question. So when you were talking before about supporting you and who you are and not wanting to change you, I'm keep saying like, what does that look like? But what what does that look like? Like, does he push you to do greater things? Is he helping you find jobs? Is he like your life coach slash husband? Or does it just mean that he supports your choices first and talks them out with you? What does that mean? Like, if you want to lay on the couch, does he let you lay on the couch and be lazy? Right. You know, like that's the goal of any relationship for me. Right. Is the guy going to let me stay on the couch? I'm good. So he loves to lay on the couch. Loves to take a nap. <laughs> Napping is his... Oh, watch out. Might be Kristen, Kristen's new husband. <laughs> I'm going to swoop on in. He's the same way? <laughs> no, I don't have a husband. I'm saying I'm swooping in on yours if he's a cowboy. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> lock your doors. I'm on yeah. my way. Coming after him. <laughs> he, well, he would love it. He would love someone to cuddle on the couch with constantly. I'm not a cuddler, but he definitely is. And he loves to take his naps and he loves to sleep. So... I've zeroed in on the things that he loves too. Like I definitely find his vices and use them to my advantage. I think anybody who says that they don't do that is denying themselves a lot of joy because I definitely find the things that he loves and I use them to my advantage. I know he loves to nap. I know his spots. I know the things he loves. And I do them because I know in return, he's going to find my vices and he's going to use them to his advantage. Mm. Oh, can you give an example of how you would do that? So for example, he likes napping. So what do you say? Why don't you go take a nap right now or what? I always do. I'm always like, listen, I know you're coming home right after radio today. If it makes life easier, what time could you realistically be in bed? And I'll take the kids out and I'll be out of the house for like two hours. And then as a re- on the flip side, if he's going somewhere, if, if he's going out doing something fun for work, he's always like, add a plus one. He always takes me. So like, that's a trade-off. And like, I know you guys do a lot of relationship things. So, I mean, I don't know how down and dirty you guys normally get, but I think there are certain things that being raised by a single dad has taught me because I know men cheat. I know men do certain things like they'll stray from the house and this and that. And that is something that I've never wanted. I've always been one of those people that is like, I just won't buy into that. That's not something that's okay with me. So I think it's very important to keep your man happy like to keep him from straying. And I think vice versa too. Like I think there are many women who stray also. More women cheat than men. I totally believe it. I totally yeah. believe it. Sometimes I think men have more consciences than women do. <laughs> women are able to put things out of their head if they really want to. That really surprised me. 
Oh, it's by a lot as well. It's really? not even like no. like two percent. No. It's like like fifteen percent or something. Yeah, no way. Way more women cheat. Way more women end marriages as well. So they're the ones to leave. They're the ones who initiate divorce. Really, I didn't know that. That surprises me. Really. It does. Oh, men it, won't stick in anything for a very long time. At least that's what these results are saying. Men are much more willing to cope and deal and sort of just cut it off. Women are more eager to take action. And I don't know if this is true, but I'm guessing most often it's probably when they have other choices available to them that they do initiate ending the marriage. Yeah. Once a woman's over something, I think she's over it and she's okay to take action. If she can figure things out and there's financial stability for everybody. So yeah. Uh, yes, Marnie's being paid by men to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, women cheat. Yo, go look it up. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it's absolutely insane. And can you tell me, do you have a lot of friends who are in relation, or most of your friends in relationships, like most of your female friends, or are they single? Or are they divorced? I only have one friend who's single. Really? Yes, yeah, well, same with me. I have very few single friends. Marnie doesn't consider me a friend. You're my one single friend. Okay, okay, all right, that's fine. You are that person. No, I think I have like a couple single friends, but and I have divorced friends now who are like having a blast. But what are some things that others say about their own relationships? Because you said, you know, it was like kind of annoying that you're that person with a happy relationship. Right. What do other women say to you? Like, what are their biggest complaints about their own relationships? Do they get the same support from their husbands? Do they get calmed down when they're emotionally rattled? I don't have much in common with them. And I think it's because I'm not one of those people that really wants a lot of help. When I need help, I'll ask for it. And when I ask for it, I expect to get it because I know when you need it, I'm going to give it. And I know what my tasks are. And I know what's like on my list of things that I have to do. And I don't expect help. Like I just do my stuff, you do yours. And, and I think it works. I find a lot of the women in my neighborhood, like they're so eager to hate their husbands. Like they just want to get together and shit on them. And I don't understand that logic. I never understood that logic. So that's one thing I, I find very difficult. Like they want to dislike them. So yeah, I guess, you know what? When you were saying they're 15% more likely to cheat, I guess I could kind of see it. I just never really thought of it in a numbers term. Yeah. What are they hating? Because you were saying like, I just get my stuff done. Like, did you and your husband designate different tasks for oh, yourself? I, and like verbally, you said, this is your domain. This is my domain. Stay the hell out of it. It's like, I know, like, I know my stuff is the laundry. I know I do the laundry. I make the beds. I do the laundry. He cooks. And mm -hmm. it's just kind of the roles that we fell into. But mm -hmm. if I ask him to grab me, oh, can you grab me so-and-so's jersey out of the dryer? He'll take the, all the clothes out of the dryer, fold them, and then put the next load in. And like, I know that's my, but at the same time, if he says, can you do me a favor and get me something from my car? If I have to move it, or can you move my car, your car the way or something like that? If I see he needs gas, I'll go get gas in his car. Like it's common courtesies. And I think that we do them. A lot of other couples don't. Are those the biggest complaints? That's what my next question was. So when they're hating on their husbands, so what are the things, and you were just about to say it, but what are some of the things that they're hating on? They don't feel appreciated. Like they want to be appreciated for everything they do. And I'm thinking, well, why do you need to be appreciated for what you do? It's not like you're doing a job and you're getting a bonus at the end of the year. Like this is just kind of what you took on. This is your role. This is what you do. You chose to do this. And now you want someone to be oh so gracious and oh so thankful. And I can't figure that out. It's kind of like you want your, somehow if a car could pay you back, it would, you chose it. Like, <laughs> like it's not something that you're ever going to get Praise for. You know, add a boy from. Like it's almost something that's just 
Well, is it because their husbands aren't taking on similar tasks in the house? No, I think their husbands are doing what they said that they were going to do. Like, this is my role. This is your role. The guy is just doing his role. And the women are like, well, how come you're not appreciating me for the role that I do? And it's like, well, why do you need to be appreciated for the role that you do? Like, But that's interesting. Maybe that is why you're so happy because you're like, oh, I'm just supposed to do this. Whereas I kind of feel the same way. But I actually said to my husband the other day, it was interesting because we actually have very similar tasks that we do around the house. He cooks, I do everything else. (laughs) But I said to him the other day, I just really want to be appreciated for the things that I do. And he goes, well, you know, I thank you all the time for this and this and this. I was like, those are things I hate doing. Those are my tasks. I want you to appreciate the things that are me, the things that make me special and that I'm really good at doing. So for example, like our kids right now with school going back in and my son is not really enjoying virtual learning. I'm finding tons of solutions for us. I've created a pod. I've done all of these things. And so like for me, I actually do need more appreciation to keep going. I do need the pat on the head, but also because he doesn't do as many things as me. So anyway, my point is, is that I kind of have the same desire. I don't have the same complaints about my husband. But there are times when I definitely do, when I feel that I'm doing a lot more than him. It sounds like you guys sort of silently appreciate each other. And he's there for you when you do have your moments of not being in such a great place that he's there to support you. So with these friends, as much as you don't understand needing that appreciation, it's interesting to hear that these women want that that they're sort of annoyed that they are doing all of these things. Potentially, it's for the same reason that I just said. There are things that I don't really want to do. Either they're tasks that I've have been given to me. I've taken them on because nobody else would do them, but they're not really... Th- I don't enjoy doing the laundry. I don't like picking up after my children. I don't like doing any of that stuff. So do you think that with these women, if they were to... Like, what kind of appreciation are they looking for? Because, I mean, again, you're not one of those women, but a million other women are. And it's great that you're getting to hear that information from them about what they need. So like, what would you think would actually help those women so that they don't go and cheat or they don't go and divorce their husbands? I think they have to come to the reality that, like I think when he does his job or his tasks at home and I do mine, the appreciation that I get that I'm seeking is what I take. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I want, for example, okay, so like, on the weekend, I want to go away without the kids. I want to go away and do, like I did everything for them for the week. I did everything for the house for the week. I want to go out with him and I want to stay in a hotel and just get raunchy for a weekend. That's how I want to feel good. I want to go out and have 10 drinks, not worry about driving anywhere, take an Uber wherever we go, sleep naked and just feel good about myself for two days and then come back to reality for what my role is for the house. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like, I think the appreciation you get is what you take. I don't necessarily need him to understand my mind and be like, oh, well, what does she need now? Like, I got to figure out all the little nuances that's going to make me better. Like, I think those are things that I have to project. How the hell is he going to know what (laughs) what I want? Like, I think a lot of people just assume somebody's going to know what works for them. And that's just impossible. Yeah. That is interesting. Okay, so like for the guys that are listening right now, how would you advise them to find out that information? So let's say they are with a woman who is not as vocal as you. I met my husband when I was very young. I was not as vocal 
for sure. And I was someone who was like, okay, figure me out. I'm giving you a stare. I'm pissed off. I'm not as eager to do the things that you want to right now. I'm obviously angry. Ask me what's wrong. What would be the advice that you would give to people that are listening to like allow the women to open their mouths so that they can say these things? Because I would pass this information to women on as well. If you want something, you got to speak up for it. And if you don't know what it is, you have to figure it out and then relay that information. So how would you advise men to help the women in their lives do that so that they don't get to this point where there's this separation and breakdown within their own relationship? It's got to be when you're getting along because I think to do it, like no, never in the history of a fight has anybody ever said calm right. down and it worked? <laughs> you know? right. So I think you're right. it's definitely got to be when you're having like one of those weekends away or if you're sitting having a cup of coffee and you see that the person that you're with is actually having a big breakfast, not just like an on-the-go one because their agenda's already set for the day. But if they're actually sitting there and they're just kind of with an empty plate on their mind and you just be like, listen, I think we need to talk about something. I think it's probably good to establish it very early in the relationship, but definitely say like, I need to know what your cues are. Like, I'm not one of those people that can read minds. So if there's some place you want to be touched, you got to tell me. If there's something that you want me to do, if I'm not being courteous enough, or if I'm not being polite enough, or if you need me to, I don't know, if there's a peeve that you have, maybe both seats have to be down on the toilet. I don't know. But everybody has a quirk, just like everybody has a vice. Everybody has a tell. Everybody has something. So if there's something that you need, you have to tell me. And I think that's important both ways because I'm not going to know what somebody wants. I'm not going to know what you're looking for. It's like yesterday when I said to you, what are we talking about? Like, is there something specific you want to talk about? How the hell would I know? Like, if you want to talk about shoes today, unless you ask, right? Like, you're never going to know what somebody is going through. You mean you couldn't head. see my awesome shoes I'm wearing right now? No, I can't. I'd love to. Ah, you're barefoot. That's the best. I'm, if I could be flexible like that, I would totally show you mine. <laughs> it was a fake leg. I have it there ready to go. <laughs> right, exactly. That's funny. I totally agree with you. Before we go to a break, I just want to know, like, how do you express that you wanted that getaway with your husband? And how do you see that as appreciation? Because you say, let's go away for the weekend. And he just jumps on it and says, yeah, let's do it. Or... Explain that a little bit more. Like, how does that show your appreciation or his appreciation for you by giving you that or doing that with you? How does it show his appreciation? His appreciation for, I think it's more me. I think people need to appreciate themselves. Like, I don't necessarily feel like he needs to appreciate me. Like, I don't need his approval. You are a very rare woman. Yeah, you're very rare. Oh, (laughs) not like cooked rare, but there's just not many of you. I guess that's good. Yeah, it's great. That's why you have a happy marriage. There's the key. It's women. Yeah. Guys are listening <laughs> going, oh God, I want that. And I don't <sighs> think, you know, I'll ever find that. How do you find a cool chick like that? Yeah. yeah. She wants to get raunchy on the weekend and have 10 drinks. That sounds right. like a princess to Come me. On, that's not the best. I don't know why it women is. don't want that. It's because you're from New York. You're awesome. Not all women yeah. are from New York. Oh. That's what happens when you're <laughs> from a cool place. I think women are probably more like that than not. And they just... Oh, Yeah. I don't want to, for some reason, step up and say, like, you ever be in the car with someone? Like, I'll be in the car with my husband and my daughter, and they both sing. Like, she's a singer. Like, she's like a professional singer. I know she's 10, but she'll like, she sings at Carnegie Hall. She just, oh, wow. I can't carry a tune for shit. And neither (laughs) can my husband. He's terrible, but he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he'll be out there and he'll be singing his heart out and he'll be dancing in the car. And I'll just kind of sit there and I'll, but I want to do that. Like, I want to be that. I want to be that outward. Like, I want to be that extrovert and I'm not. 
as much as I want to be. I mean, I think I am, but not as much as they are. Right. And I don't know what's holding me back. So I think probably there are probably more women that want to be a certain way and just aren't. I don't know what holds them back. Well, actually, Kristen, let me ask you, what holds you back from doing that? Actually, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and then we're going to find out what is holding Kristen back. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. All right. We'll be back after this. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back. And Kristen's going to tell us what is holding her back from speaking her mind. Oh, it's a lot of, probably, I mean, if I were married, it would probably be a whole slew of things. But as I can't really speak to that position in dating, I hold back most likely probably out of fear because you don't want to displease someone. You want someone to like you. You want to win someone over. So when it comes to marriage and holding back maybe that joy that you want to show, I would just imagine it's a whole shit ton of baggage. Like maybe not being in the life that she really wanted to be in, or maybe she feels like she got married too young or all these different things that could have affected her over the years. And then they just pile up and become a weight on her shoulders. And that weight keeps you from dancing in the car or singing out loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But metaphorically, that's a metaphor for speaking up or being those other things. Yeah. Do you do stand-up on stage? I do, but normally I just do it on the floor. <laughs> it's, it's a different form. It's not as real. It's more artful. It's like we're artists. Yeah. But do you hold back? Because like you do that, do you do that to please yourself or do you do that to please an audience? Oh, oh. Uh, to please myself because you want the attention. What's the, the difference? Audience. Right. No, I know. And that's such a good point. But there's also that approval. You want the approval of the audience. So you do it for yourself. You do it because you get this joy from relating with people or having people understand you. For me, stand-up's always been, I want to relate with people. Like I want to get on the same page and I want to feel human with other people. And then I also really want attention and I want people to want my autograph, even though that's never happened. But there's like a duality to it. So it's like you want to please the people, but you're doing it for yourself as well. I know comedians are deeply insecure. So we're definitely doing it for them. but in turn, it's really for ourselves. 
I don't know if that really answers in any yeah, sort of helpful way. Yeah. No, it definitely does. I think that it's hard to be yourself. When you're on stage, you're probably more yourself than when you are at a table with somebody, right? Yeah, well, that's what's weird is when you're on stage, it's like if you are really yourself, then you'll do well. People can read it and they can feel it. And I think it's the same with dating. If you're not yourself on stage and you're trying to be liked and you're trying to be someone different, the audience will sense that and you'll bomb. Yeah. I think you're sort of nailing it on the head, which is what I think happens to a lot of people. Of course I, I think am. that with Anne <laughs> and her husband, it sounds like you kind of like got past that bullshit kind of quickly and you both got to have that conversation that happens usually deeper in the relationship. Once your patterns are established in the relationship, you had it happen fast. He like told you he wanted to marry you after the second time hanging out. After I mean, you had known Go each figure, other for three right? years, obviously. But he was just like, okay, this is what I want. You, and then you said what you want. And this is a, you said who you are. He said who he is. And then I think you established it very quickly. And a lot of people don't tend to do that. Like I'll say for me, where I have had issues with my husband in the past, it's because of things that had been established in the past. Because for me, when I met him, I was like, I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And even though he's 10 years older than me, he still had a lot of work to do on himself. He is very confident and was very confident at that time. But me and myself is a lot for many people. I speak by mind. I say things sometimes that I can't tell are inappropriate, but are kind of maybe inappropriate because I'm very open, right? I'm sure you have that too. And I remember in the beginning of our relationship, I swear I had like marks on my ankle because he would kick my leg under the table. Like, don't say that in front of this person. Don't do that. Like where for me, I started to create these patterns of, oh, don't say that or don't offer that up or hold yourself back. And that's because I was younger and insecure. Whereas if we had started dating now, I would have said, listen, I'm going to be who I'm going to be, exactly what you said. But I was younger when that happened. So I, I mean, we went to couples counseling later on to work through many of those patterns that had been created early on in our relationship. But I think that's, that may be what happens to a lot, of, a lot of people. They you know maybe have this whirlwind romance and then things start coming out in some way and you don't really have this head-on conversation. And again, I think patterns get established. But maybe I'm wrong. I have absolutely no idea for every couple that it's different. But it is interesting that you do hear from so many of the other women in your life that they're not happy and they feel underappreciated. So for the guys that are listening, a huge thing in the beginning is to get clear on who you are and who the woman is that you're dating and give her the permission and have her give her you the permission back to like speak freely, put your real self out there and then reward the other person being like, I like you for you and that's who I want you to be and vice versa. And then I think you can continue on in your relationship and then hopefully there won't be as many problems. I want to get to some questions from some listeners because we have not done that in a long time. Well, though, Marnie, I know you're driving this train, but I'm taking over the steering wheel for one second. Oh, go, go. Oh, Because leader. in the beginning, I've wanted to ask Anne about this. One of the first things that you said was that you and your husband are really good friends. And so I wanted to ask about the attraction in Ooh. that. Because sometimes when you're friends, you can lose attraction because it's like, this is my buddy. This is my pal. Do you still have attraction? How do you keep that attraction? And how did you get attraction when it felt like this? She has her 10 drinks attraction. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. (laughs) But when you run out of the alcohol and the stores are closed because of COVID, then how do you have the attraction? So I think for me, when I first saw him, 
And it sounds so stupid because if somebody else said it, I would never believe it. I'd be like, oh, please, that doesn't happen. But I went down to visit my dad. I met Mike because he worked for my dad. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't know he hired a new guy. I just happened to go. I worked on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. My dad worked on the floor of the American Stock Exchange. And the only thing separating us was the Trinity Church. You know, the New York's on Broadway and the Amex was on Trinity. So you'd have to cut through Trinity Church. When I first started down there, I was young. I was in my teens. And you find out times to go shopping for shoes and, and Dwayne Reed to get cosmetics and everything. And I was just going down to have a milkshake with my dad. And I was probably, I think I was, I don't know, maybe 19. And I just kind of saw this new guy at the trading post standing next to my dad. And I was kind of just looking at him. And I was like, wow, that guy's good looking. Like, that's a good looking guy. Like, I, And my dad just happened to catch me just as I was, like, it, it probably was maybe three seconds. But I remember my dad saying something like, oh, please put your tongue back in your mouth, like something <laughs> stupid. And it wasn't like me to be that way. <laughs> I really was never like into looks that much or anything like that. There was just something about this. I just instant attraction. And then I wouldn't talk to him, which is not like me either. But that's what happens a lot when women are attracted. Yeah, I just got like so quiet. But he was older than me. He's three years older than I am. And he worked next to my dad. Like down there, if you did anything, like, I mean, anything you did down there, you were a spectacle, especially if you were a girl, because there were not many women down there at all. And I kind of became a staple figure because I was somebody's kid. It was like, oh, please, it's just her. But I was like totally smitten with him from the first time I met him. And I was always putting my foot in my mouth. I'd be like, oh, is large coming? And they'd be like, he's, he'd be like, oh, I'm right here. And I'm like, oh my God, he's right. You know, (laughs) he had no idea that I had a crush on him. And from what he tells me, which I think is total bullshit, that he had a a crush on me too, which is, he's just saying that because I said it first, you know, (laughs) but when I first hooked up with him, like our first time hanging out, like on a date situation, a couple of years later, I was so fascinated by the way he thought about things. It was so much more of a mental attraction after the physical that he still has that. Like he still does that for me. Like his sense of humor and his wit and the way he sees something. I'm always interested in. I'm always hooked on what he's going to think of or what's going to come out of his mouth next because that's what I, I'm so into his mind. Like I love the way he thinks and I love the way that he gets me. Like sometimes I feel like I just use his body. <laughs> that makes sense. And just for me, like that's just, that's just a perk that I get to do with whatever I want. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell him where, what to do and where to do it. And he just kind of does it. <laughs> love it. But it's his mind that I'm so turned on by. Like, I love the way he thinks. I love what the fact that he's always interested in things. I love that he researches things. And so it's one of those things where I definitely fell in love with him from like a first sight. But it was his mind that really he keeps sharp. And that's, I think, a tribute to the independence. I haven't asked him, but I think that's what he loves about me too. Like, I think that's what he, and he'll, you ask him, he's going to be like, oh, it's your huge rack. That's what he'll say. He'll just come down to that because men and women are so different. He couldn't give a shit what I was thinking about that day. (laughs) As long as you put them in his face, he's happy. But (laughs) I think that like men are so different and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm cool with that. I don't mind if that's what it is. Men women. I love that. Like, I love the way his mind works. And sometimes like he'll be reading. And I'm like, what are you doing? He'll be like reading a book. Like he's legitimately reading. When was the last time you saw someone sitting there reading a book? Right? I'm going to call the cops, call a mental institution. Yeah, I love that he's a nerd. Like I love that he's a nerd and he'll talk Star Wars and he'll know all like the levels and all. Yeah. But I love that. Like the mind is working and that to me is such a turn on. So it seemed like it worked exactly perfectly, obviously, but it started with physical attraction and then... Oh, it definitely started. Yeah. Yeah. And then the onion opened up and peeled open and you were attracted to that. And so like... 
if you're a guy who's in the friend zone and she's not originally attracted to you, you know, it was more like you're just friends. How do you switch that? Like, could you have gone backwards and like seen him as a friend first and then found him attractive? I think that's where a headstrong woman probably could because I think that boils down to sex. Like, I think the attraction has to come from feeling good physically, right? So I think if you're able to convey what you want and that person's able to give it to you, I think you're on three levels, physically, emotionally, and intellectually. Because if you're not stimulated in all three levels, you're not going to be interested. Like I do believe that even if it's just one level's not there, regardless of which one it is, you're not going to be interested if they were your friend first. Yeah, it'll flame out eventually. It'll flame out. Yeah, like you'll be like, you know, after a while you'll be like, hmm. I just wasn't into it. And you might not know which one of the three it is. Right, right. But if one is really good, you might go back at 2 a.m., but you're not going to hug up. You know, you're not going to stay right, for, right. for breakfast. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is that the same for you, Christian? Yeah, definitely. I have to be into it mentally too. But for me, the way it works for me, and I think probably the way it would work for a lot of women, which I don't think men would want to hear, is that it does seem to have to start with attraction. And so then it allows me to let the doors even open to see behind to see if I like what's going on in the brain. I mean, I'm definitely drawn to a personality too, but I usually don't go brain to then attraction. Usually I go from attraction to brain, then to relationship or something. Did that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That's what I did. There has to be some sort of attraction there. So have either of you, I know that you and met your husband when you were quite young, but have either of you ever been with somebody that you weren't initially attracted to? And then I know you said that typically for you, it goes looks, then brain, and then the rest of it. But has there ever been somebody who hasn't been on your radar that you're like, there is something attractive about you once you do have a conversation? Yeah. So I actually kind of want to go back on what I just said. (laughs) Start the show over. (laughs) No, my ex-boyfriend, it was not an original physical attraction from me. He was attracted to me, but I wasn't. I really loved his brain and his mind. And it did open me up, but it took a little bit more work. Mm -hmm. But then once the flip switched, it did switch hard. So you can go that other way. I just think it's not as likely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, like my first real boyfriend ever that I had, I remember like, it's very similar to my husband, actually. I liked all of his friends (laughs) first. They were like more my type because he Mm -hmm. was a redhead. He was just, again, like not on my radar for me being like, oh, that guy's really cute. He's a redhead. And, what are you talking about? A redhead. He's not redhead. No, not my husband. My my oh, my okay. first boyfriend, Dave Wilson. <laughs> I think he's he's, black. Yeah. No. <laughs> See, I like all these different types. Like I just want somebody who looks like me originally, but I end up going for everything else. But so then I just remember like I heard that he liked me. I remember my friend Sam Levy kept I kept saying to him, like, set me up with your friends. Like, who can I go for of your friends? And he kept saying Dave Wilson. I'm like, nah, I don't want Dave Wilson, blah, blah, blah. Because I liked his other friends that were in my mind attractive or the level of attraction that I was looking for. I was attracted to them. And then I remember Dave and I, we started talking and I just like really liked him. It started on the phone where anything grew for him. And I remember looking at him and I was like, oh yeah, he's so good looking. Oh, his eyes are so nice. Oh, you started noticing his mouth moving while he's yeah, talking. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Trying to touch it. <laughs> yeah, and same thing. It's like suddenly this guy who I was just, completely wrote off. I was like, 
he's hot. And like, I would watch him play floor hockey. This is in high school. But I'd watch him play floor hockey. I'd be like, oh my God, he's got such a good body compared to everybody else. And like, I don't know if he actually did or does. I see pictures of him now and I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> I'm not attracted <laughs> to this now. But it's, it is funny when you do start liking somebody, what your eyes actually see in front of you. So I think that it does and it can happen quite often. And actually those tend to be the better relationships. I think that's what happened with my husband and we have a very good relationship. We have ups and downs, but we do have a very solid, good relationship. And I was not initially attracted to him when I first met him. He's very handsome, but not my type. So it's interesting how it works. But I would say like what Kristen just said, what I just said, what Anne shared, like that is a common thing where many women will say, oh, I didn't really think he was that cute initially, but then like he became the most beautiful person in the world. So... I think it happened. So good news for everybody listening. All right. I was going to answer questions Mm -hmm. from listeners, but they're going to have to wait another year now to get their questions answered. I squandered it. I'm sorry. I know. You just screwed it up. I haven't done it in like three months, but we will do Mm -hmm. an episode another time where we get to lots of questions from people. But Anne, thank you so much for being on. Why don't you tell people, because I don't think we actually mentioned it before, but tell people like who you are and what you do. You're a podcaster. You're an amazing woman. You're a researcher. You do so many things. So tell people where to find out more about you. Thank you. I think I'm, I have my most presence on Twitter. You can follow me at Ann McCarthy, just at A-N-N-E-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y. I think I was one of the first Twitter people. Oh, <laughs> nice. Ann McCarthy is a pretty common name. Yeah. And it's just, it's just me. I don't have You're a number. You're not like Ann McCarthy, so. like 27. Yeah, that's amazing. No, it's just me. And I worked on Wall Street for 18 years. I was a floor broker and I loved it. It was one of the greatest jobs in the world. And I left in 2009. And we shifted gears. Like, you know, I had kids and I did all that stuff. And then once we figured out that Wall Street was just kind of fizzling out, I shifted gears and I just, I love everything about the entertainment industry. And I'm trying to navigate which parts I like the best. I keep taking a list of the people I'm going to thank when I do my acceptance speech for my Academy Award at some point. But until then, I will be doing research for Twisted History for Barstool Sports and I will be co-host of the Woman Podcast. And I love it. I I do. I do. I really do love it because I love finding out like all the quirks that people have. People's quirks are just one of my pet peeves. I love them. I think they're so much fun. Like I have a good time finding out what irritates people. Under people's skin. Yes. It's a riot. So I do. I love talking to people and it's just so much fun. So thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. Thanks for being on. And Kristen, where can people find out more information about you? Well, also the Academy Awards, but if you can't get into the archives there, you can just go to kristenandchill.com and get help with your banter skills and your profiles and just basically stuff that'll get you laid. Yep. That was a very good plug. That's all that you need to say. And go to (laughs) winggirlmethod.com to find out more about me and how I help men become the men that women want. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show. You guys are amazing. You're awesome. You've been supporting us for 360 episodes, which is so crazy, isn't that? But we'll keep creating them if you keep listening to them. So we'll see you next week. Bye.